Pentecost is the birthday of the church. You used to wonder what, why the church said that. After all, theologically, the church was, was given existence in the purest side of Jesus at his crucifixion. But then if you pay attention to basic biology, you realize that conception is very different than birth. Conception is when it begins. Birth is when the child draws its first, first breath. And that's exactly what we do with Pentecost. We're drawing breath, the breath of the Holy Spirit. You probably think I'm making this up, but the Greek word for spirit is pneuma. We get the word pneumonia from that. Isn't that fitting for these times? Or in Hebrew, the word is ruah. You can't even say ruah without doing what it, what it sounds like, and that is breathing, breath. The Holy Spirit is a holy breath of God. I uh, was trying to think of theologically inappropriate songs to sing tonight, knowing that we weren't going to sing. There's a beautiful song to the Holy Spirit, Breathe on me, O breath of God. I'd rather not during these days. Thank you very much. But, but it is that breath of God, definitely, that we need. And that's what the church drew in with Pentecost, drawing in the very breath of God. And we hear in this gospel passage today, it's a little confusing if you're not understanding John's theology and where he's coming from. If you listen to it on the surface, you begin to scratch your head and say, well, wait a minute, there was no Holy Spirit yet? Was was there time when the Trinity was not? Don't you learn that as, you know, every little child? When does God begin? God has always been. And God has always been the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from all time. In fact, as we gather next week, we celebrate Trinity Sunday when we remember that. So the Holy Spirit, there was never a time when the Holy Spirit didn't exist, even saying that is an oxymoron, because God existed before all time as Trinity. The Holy Spirit, therefore, always existed. But what, Saint, what Jesus is talking about in St. John is, is, of course, recording, trying, trying for us to understand is the Holy Spirit wasn't sent among the people yet. There was no Holy Spirit in the world yet. But then if you read Luke's Gospel, you, you see how Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Or you have the angel even saying, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. But they're talking about the church in general. There was no spirit. Those who come to believe in God did not have the spirit yet. But at Pentecost, after Jesus' death, they did. First, a little historical, I hate being a teacher, but and I feel like I have to. Pentecost is not a Catholic feast. We celebrate it as Catholics with the descent of the Holy Spirit. But the Jewish people celebrated Pentecost first, 50 days after the Passover, they would gather again and celebrate a first harvest. Fifty days, a week of weeks, 49 plus one, which is why 50 is there. So they were accustomed to gathering on that 50th day after Passover, and so it was no surprise, perhaps, to the apostles that that would be when God decided to send the Holy Spirit upon them, because people from all over the world, and if you listen to the Mass or come to the come to Mass tomorrow or read the readings, you'll hear about that. I threw a little monkey wrench in and decided that I was going to do the, uh, the vigil readings for good reason. 
I'll get to that in a little bit. But we hear how we're Parthians and Medes and Elamites and all these people from all over the world. Well, they all, it was a travel pilgrimage festival. They all had to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Pentecost. They must have just barely got home from Passover to turn around and come right back again. But they did it. And so all people, all representation of the world was there at that first Pentecost. And they heard that wind. And they heard Peter preach. And they were filled with the Spirit the apostles, and they who came to worship heard of it. And hundreds, thousands were added that day. This is the birthday of the church. But not only that is what Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit, did for us. It's not that language was unknowledgeable, uh, un- that they didn't have people that could translate language to language. But something happened at Babel. And we're still living in a society that very much has lived that Babel out. If you want proof of this, just turn on the TV and watch what's happening in Minneapolis, Mankato, Georgia, I forget the other state, or the other, Detroit, I think, had some riots. We are children of Babel. Children who were separated. And if you read again what happened at Babel, there they are, they're prideful of themselves. This is after the Noah's Ark incident where God had decided he was going to start over and saved eight people, put, put them on, on the ark with all the animals. And now they go out and they've had time to expand and to grow. And they're all speaking one language and they begin to say, we don't need God. Let's build a, a tower ourselves that can reach the heavens, that we can, we can beat God himself. We, are, we can be greater than God himself. We'll rely on ourselves. Our Jewish brothers and sisters who have studied that passage, more, more of our brothers, have said that that seems to be what happens when human beings rely on human beings, when human beings rely on government, when they rely on family, not that you shouldn't or anything like that, but when you rely on anything other than God. That's what happens. Confusion, disorder, dismay. And so God confused their language, scattered them. And what has happened since then? Not only in this language confused, but we think this thing called our skin makes a difference between us. And unfortunately, we live in a world that every act of violence, every singular act is multiplied and and made universal. And so we have fights, battles, protests, riots, based on false divisions. That's why God sent the Holy Spirit to bring together, to gather together people of all nations, of all tongues, of all skin colors, tones. We're not a true rainbow because we don't have green people or or, uh, purple people. Well, uh, I guess with certain diseases you might. But we are people of the ark, not of Babel. People of the rainbow, not of Babel. We are called as Catholics, as Christians, to stand up against every act of violence 
a react of racism, although I'm not real convinced that this cop was as bad as he was, was racist. We don't know that. We don't have that evidence. But we need to say this was wrong, period. But we can only do that credibly if we have the Holy Spirit. We need that Holy Spirit. We can't do it now when you're in the privacy of your car or home. Actually, don't do it in the car either. I don't want anyone to pass out. But a few years ago, I came to realize part, probably part of the reason we as a church have lost our credibility, we've, we've lost, lost our voice, is because we've lost our breath. I realized last week in one of my uh, daily prayers that perhaps the church has COVID. Oh, not literally. But we have that when it settles in our lungs and it doesn't let us get our breath and doesn't let us have our voice and we're put on a ventilator and we're put on, and, and that's where we perhaps are. And we need the Holy Spirit to give us that breath again. And why do I say that? You talk to anyone who teaches vocal music. One of the first things they do is how to breathe properly. If you cannot breathe, you cannot sing. One of the first things they taught me in, in seminary and homiletics was how to breathe properly. If you cannot breathe, you cannot preach. Anyone who has taken any life skills and that require speaking or singing knows this. Instead, what have we done? We've emptied our lungs. So here's the experiment when you get home. Take a deep breath, hold it, then breathe it out. And when you think you have it all breathed out, breathe again out, not in. Don't do any in. And then just try to say a simple word like hallelujah at the top of your breath. You can't do it. Why? You have no breath. We need the breath to activate the vocal cords. And the vocal cords are only, the only things that make, make voice possible. Animals don't have vocal cords. They can't speak, even if they had the intelligence to. The church, perhaps, has run out of breath. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who gives us breath. The beautiful, th beautiful thing about this is as somebody who at one point in his life at least suffered from mild asthma, I know what it means to be short of breath and I know what you have to do. You have to sit, get your composure, and just concentrate on breathing. Maybe that's what this last 10 weeks have been about for us as a church, is to sit and to concentrate and to reflect. What is the church? What is the Eucharist? What is the Holy Spirit? How do we need the Holy Spirit? How is it being expressed in our community, in our lives, in my home, in my life? To find that breath. Because without that breath, how can we address racism? Sexism. How can, can we address violence and our reform? Abortion. How can we address anything 
We need the breath of God. We need to be gathered, not by ourselves, relying on our own human strength, which always fails, but on the strength of God. And we cannot be gathered except by the Holy Spirit.